Well, Medicare open enrollment season has officially arrived, and you may find this surprising, but according to the 22nd Annual Transamerica Retirement Survey, only 18% of baby boomer workers have what's considered a great deal of knowledge about Medicare. And thinking about that, that's only 18% of the generation that's nearing or has already entered retirement. And what makes it even more astounding uh, is that Medicare is the national health insurance program for all those 65 and older. Welcome back to Clear Path, your roadmap to health and wealth. I'm your host, Al Waller, and joining me today is Mihaela Vince, public health expert for Transamerica Institute, to discuss Medicare open enrollment season for 2023, which runs from October the 15th to December the 7th. Today, she'll be explaining what to expect, how to prepare, as well as some new changes to be aware of. But before we dive in, I'd like to remind you that if you have ideas for future episodes, comments, or feedback, please email us at info at transamericacenter.org. We'd really love to hear from you. Well, Mahela, it's good to have you with us again. Hi, all. It's good to be here. As I mentioned at the top, I did find the boomers' general lack of familiarity with Medicare to be, well, surprising and, quite frankly, unexpected. So I'm really looking forward to you shedding more light on this topic. Perhaps you could start us off by sharing why an understanding of Medicare is important for listeners of all ages and not necessarily just for those 65 and older. Medicare is important for those of all ages and not just those who are 65 and older because Medicare can be complicated. And those who are younger, such as myself, might need to step in and help out their older family members or family friends in their health care and health insurance decision making. Now, without Medicare, lots of families would be unable to afford really important health care related matters, such as doctor visits or obtaining necessary prescription drugs. Importantly, many families might not be aware of the costly penalties that can arise from not signing up for Medicare when they are first eligible. You make a good point there because the date is time sensitive and could carry some serious ramifications. And let's face it, there's no shortage of reminders out there as many of us are being inundated on TV as well as uh, through robocalls regarding Medicare plans. So for many, this can actually seem pretty overwhelming to say the least. To that point, why don't we start with a baseline by having you explain what Medicare is? Yeah, baseline's always helpful. Medicare is our country's health insurance program for people age 65 or older. Also for younger people who are receiving Social Security disability benefits and for those receiving Railroad Retirement Board benefits. Glad you mentioned that, Mihaela. It's it's important to note that younger people are actually sometimes eligible too. Why don't we jump right in? Now, some of us may have heard about the Medicare alphabet, parts A, B, C, and D. Well, maybe you could walk us through what they are and and how they work together. We have original Medicare, which many of us might have already heard of, and this includes Part A and Part B. Original Medicare is a fee-for-service health plan. Medicare pays its Medicare-approved amount, and then you pay your share in deductibles and coinsurance. Part A, most people do not have to pay a monthly premium for, um, and it covers inpatient hospital care as well as some limited coverage of hospice, nursing home care, as well as home health care. Part B, on the other hand, does have an extra monthly fee or premium, which depends on your income. And Part B covers things like outpatient hospital care. Think of things like physical therapy, doctor bills, and preventative care, like screenings, shots, vaccines, and wellness visits. 
Well, now, given that Part B covers a considerable number of services, as you've you know, identified, how much uh, should someone anticipate paying in fees for Part B? Good question. Part B costs are determined by your annual income from two years prior. For instance, those who reported $97,000 or less on their IRS tax return in 2021 will pay the standard premium of $164.90 per month in 2023. Now, those who made more than $97,000 in 2021 will have higher premium costs, which are determined by their income. If you're curious about what these are, check out our Transamerica Institute Medicare guide at transamericainstitute.org forward slash Medicare. Got it. Now, we've covered Parts A and Part B, which make up original Medicare. So now could you uh, talk to our listeners about Part C? Yes. Part C programs, also known as Medicare Advantage plans, are managed by private insurance companies. Plans may offer some extra benefits that Original Medicare doesn't, like hearing, vision, and dental services. Costs vary for these types of plans, but most of them include Part D coverage. Keep in mind that most plans require you to go to their network of doctors and healthcare providers, and out-of-pocket costs can quickly build up over the years if you get sick with this type of plan. So it might not be the right choice for everyone. And that's important to note, as many folks at this stage are more than likely to be living on a fixed income. Now, what exactly is Part D? Part D plans uh, provide extra coverage for prescription drugs, which is easy to remember if you make a mental note to recall D for drugs. Joining a Medicare prescription drug plan is completely voluntary, and you pay an extra premium for the coverage. It can be added to original Medicare or a Medicare Advantage plan or Part C plan. Okay, since uh, we've taken some time here to unbundle and review parts A, B, C, and D, what else makes this uh, topic uh, especially important and relevant now? Well, Medicare open enrollment is here. This is the period that those who are enrolled in Medicare can make changes to their health plan, and it runs between October 15th and ends December 7th. Now, I do want to remind listeners that this period is not to sign up for Medicare for the first time. That's a really good point. And again, the dates um, that uh, we're talking about, October 15th through December the 7th. So they're here and uh, they'll be gone before you know it. Now, before we unpack open enrollment, just to clarify, when can someone initially sign up for Medicare? You may initially sign up for Medicare around the time that you turn 65. So this includes three months before you turn 65, the month you turn 65, and three months after you turn 65. Now, this might overlap with the open enrollment period. In that case, that's fine. And you may actually be eligible for Medicare even earlier if you have a disability or end-stage renal disease. However, keep in mind that if you're close to 65 and if you're already getting Social Security or Railroad Retirement Board benefits, you'll automatically enroll in Medicare Part A and Part B original Medicare coverage once you're eligible. And Part B does have that monthly fee or premium, which you can drop if you want to. The initial enrollment period is especially important so that you can avoid facing penalties for not enrolling when you're first eligible, like we had mentioned earlier. Well, penalties, I've never liked the sound of that. I guess basically, how much would someone expect to be penalized for missing their sign-up window? Yeah, it can be expensive, and it depends on how long you waited to enroll in Medicare. For example, if you aren't eligible for premium-free per day and you don't buy it when you're first eligible, your monthly premium may go up 10%, but you'll have to pay for double the time you went without enrolling when you first became eligible. 
For part B, your monthly premium will go up 10% for each 12 months you were eligible but didn't sign up for it. There is also a penalty for Part D. So if you did not enroll when you're initially eligible for Part D, you'll have to pay a penalty for as long as you didn't have what's called creditable prescription drug coverage. This type of coverage is expected to pay as much as Medicare's prescription drug coverage. So if you had this type of coverage, it would excuse you from paying a penalty if you do decide to enroll in Medicare Part D at a later time. This all sounds positively brutal. I mean, I would like to hope that there's some forgiveness out there. Then what do you do if you miss the initial enrollment period? Yeah, that's a really good question. If you missed your initial enrollment period and still need to enroll Medicare, you'll likely either do it during a special enrollment period where certain life circumstances would allow you to enroll or during the general enrollment period. The GEP or general enrollment period runs from January 1st through March 31st each year with coverage starting July 1st. You may face a late enrollment penalty and gaps in coverage if you do sign up during these times. Whatever plan you end up choosing, just remember that you can always change it during the Medicare open enrollment period. Given the severity of these penalties, uh, a word to the wise would clearly be to jot down these important dates as well as circle them on your calendar. And for those wondering, how do you go about applying? So when you initially want to enroll in Medicare, you can apply by going online, uh, by mail, or over the phone by contacting your local Social Security office. About two weeks after you sign up, Medicare will mail you a welcome package with your Medicare card. Well, that all sounds pretty straightforward. Now then, what about those who are already enrolled in Medicare? How do they go about preparing for the open enrollment period? Wonderful question. I'd actually like to shout out three important documents that you may want to have handy as you prepare for Medicare open enrollment season. Okay, you've got my attention. Let's roll. So the first document is the Plan Annual Notice of Change, ANOC. If you're enrolled in a Medicare Advantage plan, Part C, or a Medicare Part D plan, the insurance company will send you the ANOC about how your plan will change in the coming year. This should have arrived in September, and you'll receive information on things like your provider network, your premium, and your deductible. The second document is the Evidence of Coverage, or the EOC, which is a legal document that contains all of the coverage details for the coming year. A lot of times you'll see this document online in your insurance portal, and these documents can be very long. It's not uncommon to see a 300-page EOC. But the good news is the third document is the Summary of Benefits, and just as the name implies, this document is a high-level summary of your benefits. This document houses coverage highlights, not all of the very detailed information. And you can find this document also online in your insurance portal, or you can call your insurance company to get this. Now, once you have these three documents, you'll know exactly what your current plan entails and the upcoming changes. Then you can decide if the plan will continue to meet your needs and if you need to make a change. And if you do decide that it no longer meets your needs and you want to change that plan, the Medicare open enrollment period is when you will do that. And those changes will go into effect January 1st, 2023. Well, Mihaela, thanks for this. This is all very informative and um, very comprehensive, too. So with all these different Medicare options, how does one go about choosing which is best for them? Yeah, so make sure to consider all the costs, not just the, the monthly fee or premium. Think of all or any major medical procedures that you expect to have in the coming year when you make this decision. You may add a Medicare supplement insurance plan, also known as Medigap, to original Medicare to fill in the gaps in coverage. Just keep in mind that in most states, you'll have to apply for Medigap, which is based on your health. 
I see. And this just in, a listener uh, dropped us a note, and uh, they're asking how the Inflation Reduction Act will affect Medicare. Oh, that's a great question. Under the new legislation, the Department of Health and Human Services uh, will be able to negotiate prices of some of the most expensive drugs covered under Medicare Part B and under Medicare Part D. And this will actually hopefully lead to lower drug prices for consumers. Now, that's the kind of news I'd like to hear, which brings me to my next question. Are there any services or items not covered by Medicare that listeners should be aware of? Yeah, there are a few items and services that are not covered by Medicare, which you might find surprising and and maybe expect to be covered. One common misconception is that long-term or custodial care, which includes things like day-to-day activities, bathing, dressing, and eating will be covered, but it's not. Um, Other items that are not covered include hearing aids, eye exams, routine foot care. So it's just really important to know what's covered and what isn't when you make decisions for your health plan. Agreed. And while it's unfortunate those services and products aren't currently covered by Medicare, it's important, I think, to know the score up front and then not be blindsided later down the road. Mm -hmm. Now, switching gears, something I've wondered about is folks who are working when they turn 65, would they still need to sign up for Medicare if they're currently employed? Generally speaking, if you have job-based health insurance through your spouse or through your own job, uh, you don't need to sign up for Medicare while you or your spouse are still working. You can wait until your spouse or yourself stop working or you lose your insurance, whichever comes first. However, if you have health insurance that's not available to everyone at the company or you're self-employed, ask your insurance plan provider if your coverage is, and I quote, employer group health plan coverage. If it's not employer group health plan coverage, sign up for Medicare when you turn 65 to avoid a monthly late enrollment penalty. Further, if your employer has less than 20 employees, you should check with your employer to see if you need to sign up for Medicare when you're first eligible. And if you have COBRA coverage, you should also sign up for Medicare as soon as you turn 65. Well, I think it's safe to say there's quite a bit to consider when one approaches uh, the subject of Medicare. So to that point, where should someone turn if they want to access additional resources? Medicare.gov is a great tool and it is the official U.S. government site for Medicare, which contains the handy Medicare and You 2023 handbook. Uh, The State Health Insurance Assistance Program, um, another great program also known as SHIP, which offers free counseling um, that's unbiased and not connected to any health insurance plan. It's, it's It's a great resource. And lastly, check out our Medicare guide at transamericainstitute.org forward slash Medicare. Well, it looks like we're out of time, Mihaela, but I really want to thank you again for cutting through the ice regarding all the intricacies and complexities, for that matter, within Medicare. Really well done. If you have ideas for future episodes, comments, or feedback, please email us at info at transamericacenter.org. And also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you won't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Until the next time, I'm your host, Al Waller. Stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening. ClearPath, your roadmap to health and wealth, is brought to you by Transamerica Institute, a nonprofit, private foundation dedicated to identifying, researching, and educating the public about health and wellness, employment, financial literacy, longevity, and retirement. You can find our weekly podcasts on WYPR's website and mobile app, wherever you get your podcasts, and at transamericainstitute.org forward slash podcast. 
Clear Path, your roadmap to health and wealth is produced by the Transamerica Institute with assistance from WYPR. The information provided here is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as insurance, securities, ERISA, tax, investment, legal, medical, or financial advice or guidance. Thank you.